Welcome back, everyone. Um, yeah, I'm going to open up with a song called Miracles. And um, it is basically a song, um, a prayer for guidance and uh, to surrender to Jesus' plan. Yeah.
And welcome, everyone. Welcome to our day of getting really super, super clear on guidance. Yeah. My prayer is that um, after the next couple hours, you're just going to have the biggest smile on your face because all of your questions around guidance will get answered in this one session. So, you're not going to have to worry about this tomorrow or Monday morning or something. It's just going to, you're just going to have a big smile on your face that, that the ego can't wipe off of your face because, because it's coming from the, the joy in your heart. You just feel so happy. And all of the mysteries of time and space and the mysteries of this whole world just will vanish as we go into this topic. Because, you know, this is what you've come for. You've come to a, a online retreat titled Guidance, the direct path to God. Direct, right? We know what direct means. Direct means don't beat around the bush. Like, let's go right to the core of it. Let's get right to the heart of the matter. Let's get so deep into this that you get so happy and you just start to feel so joyful because you can accept the light right now right now, not in the future. And then as you accept the light, that, that will guide all of your seeming decisions and all the guidance that will come to you and through you, again, to take you into the present moment. This is not about making a better future. 
the whole belief in linear time, the ego invented time as a trick. As he tells us in Lesson 158, you know, time is a trick, a sleight of hand in which figures come and go as if by magic. And I think you're just like me. It's like, let's go the direct path to God. Like like Patrice was saying, she was a little girl. She believed God is, God is real, that God is real, love is real, God is a loving God. And, and now... Patrice is going for it now. She is not messing around with time and space. She's not messing around with social media. She is not messing around with anything. She doesn't even have to have a bunch of people in her life. She's got an 11-year-old nephew. Uh, Jesus is speaking through, and uh, that's better than 100 close friends. One Jesus-loving nephew who says, oh, why do you think... Thank me. Thank God. <laughs> Eleven years old, he's he's already got got the core idea. Don't don't thank me. Thank God. God is behind all of this. God is the the answer you, to your prayer. God is your joy. God is your happiness. God is your love. And it's just like we're we're ready to use today to let go of the mesmerism of time and space, the mesmerism of this illusory world and really do it in a way where we really see the truth. Actually, I was on Facebook. I think Svava posted this um, Paramahansa Yogananda quote. And so I was just pondering before I came over today, oh, Paramahansa Yogananda, I just love him so dearly. He's just such a symbol. And I think he had many quotes because he and I have had many parallel experiences with time and space, except his was 50 years before me. (laughs) He was traveling around, talking about God all the time, pointing to God, gleeful, joyful, bold. And uh, and we both came down here to Chapala, Lake Chapala, Mexico. We both enjoyed our time down here, but he was like 50 years ahead of me. So uh, we have all these experiences. The only thing is my haircut is a little different than his, but that's that's minor. That's minor. So here's what Yogananda had had to say, because I think this will help us in our 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 guidance uh, thing today. Yogananda said, "Don't yearn for human love. It will vanish. Behind human love is the spiritual love of God. Seek that. Don't pray for home." or for the money, or for love, or for friendship. Don't pray for anything of this world. Enjoy only what the Lord gives to you. All else leads to delusion. Man has come on earth solely to learn how to know God. He is here for no other reason. Thank you, Paramahansa. He's with us right now, and he's smiling on us, and he's saying, well, it's, it's great that we can go to the heart of guidance and we can get clear on what the guidance is for. But that quote starts us off in a beautiful way. Some of you know that Jesus uh, dictated A Course in Miracles to Helen Schuckman from 1965 to 1972, and then after that, there was some supplements because uh, Helen and Ken Wabnick were talking one day, and Helen was 
talking about prayer and how Jesus helped her get some green pantyhose that she <laughs> she wanted, and Jesus helped her get this used Borgana coat in New York City that she wanted for the price that she wanted to pay. Jesus filters through the mind that believes in the ego and brings things that are helpful to you while you believe in them. So, so the guidance is always very practical, but also we want to get to the purpose of the guidance. Like I said, how do I find the holy instant? How do I get to the present moment? Our friend Andy Page, that was beautiful. Andy's you know, questions and prayers, it's the top one. Hi, Living Miracles. My prayer is to let the Holy Spirit guide me step by step into the holy instant. Love, Andy. There you go. There you go. That's the purpose, to be guided into the holy instant, to be guided into the present moment. Isn't that what all the saints and mystics have talked about throughout the centuries? All the avatars, all the sages, all the wise men and wise women have all been saying, be present. And so have the poets, you know, so have the poets like Rumi and Kabir, so have the poets like Wordsworth and and. You know, all the poets and mystics throughout all the centuries have been saying, love is real, love is what you are, love is in the present moment. Relax into the present moment. So that's the context for guidance. In fact, the Song of Prayer, which is one of these little adjunct uh, supplements that came with the Course in Miracles uh, in answer to to uh, Ken Wapnick and Helen's prayer to know more about uh, prayer, Jesus gave the song of prayer. And in the song of prayer, Jesus has a line in which he says, the secret of true prayer is to forget the things you think you need. Because if you forget the things you think you need, you really give them over to God, to the Holy Spirit, and say, here, my mind has been preoccupied with these earthly human needs needs that seem to be projected onto the body or my basic environment or my family, my partnership, my friendships, my relationships. I've projected all these needs, uh, kind of like that character in Bob, in What About Bob? Some of you have seen that movie played by Bill Murray. I need, I need, I want, I want, I need, I need. You know, he plays out the, he plays out the dependency and then he projects it onto his therapist, Richard Dreyfus you know, who, who has his own ego issues of being the unhealed healer. But everybody is praying to be released from this belief in time and space. So if we just give a little context to this, we could say that in heaven, all is one, nirvana, all is one. And then the belief in separation brings this feeling of unworthiness or lack. Something's missing. Something's not right. I've, where is the love you said was mine, all mine, till the end of time? Was it just a lie? Where is the love? I'm going to tell you where the love is. You know it already. It's inside you. It's not in the images. Like Parmahansa was helping us out with, don't search for human love. Don't search for friendships. Don't search for likes on your posts on Facebook. Don't look outside yourself to the things of time and space and say, where is the love? Because as long as you 
look in the darkened glass that is talked about in Corinthians in the Bible, as long as you look in time and space for love, for meaning, for understanding, for purpose, it's not there. Uh, as I say on the Spanish retreats, nada, 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 nada. You have to realize, nada. Don't, don't look there in that darkened glass, because the ego made the world as a distracted device. The ego made the world as a veil. Why would you look for divine love, who you are, in a distracted device? Why would you look inside a veil to find the truth? The truth cannot be found in form. And Jesus tells us that in the Beyond All Idols sections in the Course. He says, truth is universal. Your will is universal and cannot be found in form of any kind. You cannot be content with form of any kind. It's like the ego has said, come here, look in my darkened glass, you know. Come here, my pretty. You believe you've separated from God. Oh, too bad. Too bad. Now God will punish you, uh, the ego says. So you might as well come over and look into my crystal ball. Look into my crystal ball over here. Look deep inside my crystal ball because you've lost your happiness and joy and love. You, 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 you left God, so now you've got to make the best of it. Come and look into my crystal ball over here. What are you missing? Love? Oh, don't, you lost it. You can't go back to God. He's, he'll be angry with you. Come over, look into my crystal ball of time and space I, that I have invented for you. I have invented a world for you of time and space where you can find intimacy and happiness and joy and peace and love. You can find friendship, companionship. You can find success. You can have status. You can have money. Oh, look, you can possess things in my crystal ball. You can never have possessions with God. God is, you know, you've left that. You, but over here, you can possess things. And, uh, and it's got some tricks in here. It's a competition. But work hard. Work hard over here in my crystal ball because you can make it to the end of the rainbow. And that's somewhere off in this future because the ego invented the future. And the ego invented the past. And the ego says, just keep playing the game over here in this crystal ball and keep your mind focused on that. And then you go into the crystal ball with your mind and you, you try to enter this game of time and space and you try to find happiness there. But what did I say yesterday? I said, a son of God is only happy in the environment in which he was created. When I'm talking Son of God, I'm talking the Christ, the pure Christ idea of unconditional love that's a pure creation of God. And, and the Christ can only be happy in God, God's love, in heaven, in the mind of God. The Christ cannot forget that, that it's the Christ and then be a, a dreamer of a dream and find happiness in the dream world, in the crystal ball of the dream world. If you are created as an eternal being, what makes you think that you can actually find happiness in this crystal ball of time and space that the ego invented? And in fact, we just watched the movie Tron uh, at our last Spanish-English uh, weekend retreat, and I was talking about Tron where Kevin Flynn, you know, invents a digital world, then he gets trapped in the digital world, 
and he's trying to do his Zen thing. Some of you I know are trying to meditate your way out of this dream, out of the crystal ball. It seems to take a long time. You know, you do a, you're putting in a lot of hours <laughs> there with your Zen thing inside the crystal ball. And Jesus is saying, well, that's good. I'm glad you're, you're meditating. That's good. And, and you can contemplate. That's good, too. You can, you can believe you're battling the ego and fighting against sin. All these ways will eventually reach God. But I'm going to give you a fast track to do it, to, to release your mind from the mesmerism, the hypnotism of this crystal ball of time and space. The fast track, I'm going to give it to you straight. I, I'll use even, I've used the parable of Jesus 2,000 years ago, but let me even use the parable of David, because that's a little more seemingly recent in time, that um, the parable of David, the last 34 years have involved this thing called A Course in Miracles, not the first uh, years of David's life in the parable of David, but the last 34 years have involved A Course in Miracles, and actually... The book is just a symbol, just like David's just a symbol in all the parables of the world. So there's nothing special about the parable, but the parable has been a parable of learning to follow guidance, the direct path to God. That's the name of, of our online retreat. And what it has been is now I can condense the wisdom of those last 34 years, for example, because it's really, I see that when you're all showing up here and you're praying, you want direct guidance. You want to take that direct path so I can condense the wisdom that I've experienced through seemingly these last 34 years of, of praying, of listening and following and, and tuning into this guidance, these instructions. And there have been a lot of instructions that seem to come, but again, it's not about 34 years of instructions. It's about what is the purpose of the instructions but to free your mind from the crystal ball. Because the mind is actually a part of the mind of God. It's a creation of God. But when you believe in the ego, the mind splits into two parts. The Holy Spirit, who remembers the truth, and the ego, that is the lie. And the key point is that the whole purpose of all guidance, the purpose of all prayer, the purpose of following the, the guidance, the purpose of it all is to come to the present moment. You already are what you're searching for. You're already there. You already are there. And you may say, well, I don't believe it. Well, that's the point of the prayer, to activate the guidance so that you can remember the truth of who you are. And the parables seem to involve, you know, coming across A Course in Miracles in 1986 and then praying and, and asking, reading the book, following the guidance, opening up after maybe two and a half, three years, then I, I could hear the voice of Jesus speaking to me. And that really speeded things up as well because, because I believed in the crystal ball. I believed in time and space, and I believed that there had to be a better way, like Helen and Bill had prayed. I really believed there had to be a, a better way. But, you know, when you're in your, at the time, maybe late, late 20s, you know, you're, you've got things in your mind. What about the future? What about my career? What about my ambitions? 
What about the life that I am going to lead in time and space? Very much all tied into the crystal ball. And Jesus is, remember, saying he wants to call your mind back to toward the light. He doesn't want you to be stuck, mesmerized by this pseudo-fake, invented, make-believe crystal ball of a world. He wants you to to release your investment in the ego and the crystal ball that the ego made up. So that's the key. That's the key bit of wisdom right there, is that all of this listen and follow that David seemed to go through, it seemed like David was receiving the guidance. It seemed like David was the one who was making those decisions uh, to like leave behind his career give his life over to Jesus, leave behind his ambitions for the future, and basically say, here's my heart, here's my life, here's my bank account, (laughs) here's my decision-making capacity, and saying, it seemed like David was, back in 1986, saying, please help me, (laughs) please help me. But dream figures don't wake up, and this parable has never been about David. This is about remembering the mind that we share. We all share the same mind, and everything is solved in that mind by the Holy Spirit. In fact, it doesn't say everything will be solved in the future by that mind and the Holy Spirit. It's saying everything has already been solved. So this little gap that we have believed in in our mind called the ego, which says, oh, you're lacking, you've left God, now, you're, now you have to struggle and suffer and get sick and die. That little teeny puff of nothingness is a tiny little gap in our mind, and it's already been solved. It's already been solved. The Holy Spirit has already answered this belief in separation. So really, following the guidance is just a way, a mechanism of remembering that everything has already been solved. That the the belief in separation from God, which is just a belief, it's not a reality, it's not an actuality, it's already been solved, and now I, I need to accept the correction. I need to accept that it's already solved. That Jesus already solved this riddle, uh, 2,000 years ago, seemingly in time, but but actually it was in the mind, he accepted the correction and now he's working directly with the mind that believes in this puff of nothingness to say, let it go. Cough it up, spit it out. (laughs) Don't, Don't let this thing get caught in your throat, you know, so to speak. Don't hold on to the belief in your mind. So the ego is a master at It's making up a crystal ball of a world in which there are many perceived problems. There's there's not only a body and bodies, but there's all these problems. There's financial problems, there's health issues, there's there's issues about um, interpersonal relationships, there's all these pseudo-problems that all of them exist in this crystal ball of time and space. And Jesus and the Holy Spirit are like going, Turn your mind to to us, turn away from that crystal ball, turn to the light. In the light, that's who you are. You don't really have any problems because none of the crystal ball problems that you believe in are real. So you're hallucinating, but you think it's real. 
You've gone to a movie theater and now you've, you've got hooked on the movie. And now you're reacting and responding to all the characters and the images that are part of the movie. And now you believe you're in the movie. You believe you're a character inside the movie. Problems that the ego set up, which are all these projected crystal ball problems, are, are problems that are made with one reason. And that's to, so you won't turn to the light. That you won't go within and go to the light. The whole crystal ball is a, is a distractive device to keep you from turning to the light. The whole crystal ball was designed by the ego to avoid be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am, I am the Christ. I am one with God. So these pseudo problems are set up and, and you know the ego really likes this game because let's say you have like two or three or ten major problems that you're dealing with uh, and you, you pray and you try to follow guidance and you're trying to solve the problems inside the crystal ball. I have a financial problem, oh, I got a check in the mail, or a friend loaned me some money, or I, I won the lottery, or da 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 da. Inside the crystal ball, the ego says, oh, very good, you solved that one. Now here's ten more. And then you solve those ten, and then what do you get? Twenty more. You, the ego loves the game of problems and solution inside the crystal ball because every time you seem to have personally solved some of them it sends in the next set. And you can see why it gets kind of depressing inside the crystal ball because the problems don't ever go away. And Jesus is telling us, that's what I learned from the Course in these last 34 years, I really learned it from Jesus in my mind, but seemingly the Course was a symbol that helped, was He's saying, your problems have already been solved. Come in with me. Come into your mind to me, to the presence of love. Let's see the happy dream together. Let's see the forgiven world together. Let's see the crystal ball from a point outside of the crystal ball. The ego just invented this thing to keep you distracted. And if you just see it for what it is, you'll see that you have no problems. It's just inside the crystal ball of time and space, the problems seem to be real. Therefore, Jesus says, the secret of true prayer is to forget the things you think you need. He's basically just saying, don't look inside of time and space for the solutions. He says it a hundred different ways. Seek not outside yourself or it will fail and you will weep each time an idol falls. He's telling us, go within. He said that 2,000 years ago, take no thought for what you shall wear or what you shall eat. You see, that's inside the crystal ball. Seek first the kingdom of heaven. He's saying, come out, come back to your heart, come back to the joy. You'll never find consistent joy, happiness, peace inside this crystal ball of time and space. You know. It reminds me of that song about Vincent van Gogh, because Vincent van Gogh would paint these amazing colors and these amazing paintings, and yet he was very, he was struggling as far as identity, you know, he suicidal, he, I think he cut off part of his ear, spectacular paintings, and he's just wanting to go home. He's wanting outside of the crystal ball. And then Jesus now is giving us the answer, he's saying, good, that's good, no matter how ingenious or creative or, or whatever you seem to do inside the crystal ball, that will never content you.
So guidance, I could say, is not about solving problems in time and space. Now I know a lot of you, a lot of the questions that you write in and a lot of your prayers are about, here's my situation, David, in the crystal ball. <laughs> it's, you're like, oh, I see you, David, you're in the crystal ball too, and I'm, I'm asking you now, can you help me with my crystal ball problems? And I'm saying, well, it can seem like the guidance will come through, and I will definitely uh, address your specific concerns, because this is what you believe in, and I'm going to address those very specifically. And then Francis will join me tomorrow, and we will continue doing that. So we don't, we're not kind of like just saying, okay, just close your eyes and pray with me. All is love, all is God, all is love, all is God. That's the truth, but I'm trying to reach your mind in a way that you can actually hear what I'm saying, that it's all mind. Everything is mind. There are no problems apart from the mind. That's Lesson 132 uh, from A Course in Miracles. There, there are no problems apart from the mind, apart from what you think, and apart from what you believe. There, it's not in the crystal ball it's of the world that you're going to find the problems or the solutions. Because the world was made that you would never find the solution, that you would never find the Holy Spirit in the mind. The world was made just with more problems, you solve a few, you get another set. You solve them, you get another set. You solve them, you get another set. You see how it's a wild goose chase to follow those problems out. So, what I'd like to share is that once you begin to see that the problem is not inside the world, then you start to focus on your thoughts and your beliefs. So really we could say that, that to believe in the ego and that to believe in the ego's thoughts and thought system is a thinking problem. So you could, you could do that every time you seem to have a problem with, with finances, a problem with the body or symptoms on the body or uh, therapies and treatments for the body or food issues or any kind of issue, issues with politicians, with the environment, issues with uh, your interactions with your fellow humans, you know, your brothers and sisters. Anytime you start to, to think about those problems, if you believe those problems are those specific things that I've just mentioned, and many more, then that's a thinking problem. You're thinking with the ego, and you're buying into the crystal ball, and now you're thinking the problems are inside time and space, and now you're trying to solve them, and therefore, you might have even signed up for this retreat thinking, David's going to help me solve all of my specific problems. And in one sense it's true, but I have to show you that they're in the mind. They're not in the world. Because if you continue to think that the problems are in, in time and space, you're going to actually continue to think that the guidance and the answers to those specific problems is inside of time and space. And that's not the point of the guidance. The guidance is saying, come to the holy instant, come, come beyond that whole trick of time and space. Come beyond Distractionville. Come beyond this 
this mesmerizing trick of past and future and you come into the present moment where you have always been, which is the gateway to eternity, which is what you are. You're an eternal being and you are not bound by time and space. You can start to realize, oh my gosh, I was just thinking that these were real problems because I was thinking that this world was real. That was my assumption. The world's real and now I've got to solve the problems inside of time and space. It is never going to happen. There is no solution. There, they, this crystal ball is actually external to you. You're this light in the mind and this ball is external to you, but now you believe you're in it. Because of your thoughts and beliefs, you think you're inside of it. And now you're like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz who wants to go home to the light. Not just Kansas. <laughs> you want to go home to your eternal nature as the Christ. That's in, in the mind of God. That's what going home is all about. And yet, you seem to go on an adventure and David seemed to go on this adventure where, oh, look in the crystal ball, David. Oh, look, he's got a course in miracles. Oh, look at that. Now he's, he doesn't like to travel, but Jesus has got him traveling everywhere. Ha <laughs> ha, all over the United States, Canada. Oh, now he's got him, Argentina. Oh my God, he's going to 44 countries and he doesn't even like to travel. Wow, Jesus is, must be doing something in his mind because that character doesn't like to speak. That character was voted most quiet in the whole senior class, not the most quiet in the crystal ball. My goodness, now Jesus has got him talking. Oh, he's going to course groups. Oh, he's talking now, he's speaking. Oh my God, Jesus is speaking through him now. Look at that. Oh, now he's traveling and speaking. Oh my gosh. You see, the, the Holy Spirit in Jesus will use the skills and abilities in the crystal ball that the ego made up to take you to the present moment. That's the only point. It's not about the future. This is not about a future career. You know, maybe those are some of your aspirations. Oh, I want to leave my life, earth life as I am now, but I'm going to have a goal. I want to go and live in a living miracles community. I want to go and live in Quantico where everything is peaceful all the time. Where they just, they do a show every once in a while, but meanwhile they just sit there with ISO and Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. You know, maybe you think that they're just doing Om Shanti Shanti here in Quantico with ISO. ISO, I think, probably is doing that a bit on inside. He's laughing. He's doing. He's our cat that has went into a samadhi experience and left the body. It was was just there like a glazed cat with glazed eyes because he had left the. He literally transcended the body. And, and we, we saw him, you know, with his eyes looking out into space and it looked like he was dead, but he was actually just uh, communing, <laughs> communing with, with the source, you know. So now we have Samadhi Cat that we call ISO. And the ISO, if you remember the movie, the ISOs are the ones that just started appearing. They weren't invented. They're just these sparkly light beings, if you ever watched the movie Tron. The sparkly light beings just show up and no one knows where they came from. They're just these beings of light. Bio-digital jazz, man. That's what the inventor calls them. Bio-digital jazz, man. Did you invent them? <laughs> no, of course not. So you, you can experience these miraculous 
experiences like Svava was singing about. You know, show me how to believe in miracles. That really, that's just saying, show me that the crystal ball isn't who I am. Some of you, and I will deal with all these things. I know um, I was watching Jiska. Uh, you're just enjoying watching this all here. And you're over in the Netherlands, and you're sitting there and you're with your butterfly wings in your beautiful hammock and, and smiling and laughing and everything. And meanwhile, on the other side of the planet, there's Helena, uh, who's Elias, who's also uh, joining in with us too. And she's there smiling and she's like, oh, there, and, and there's Jiska, oh my, I was just WhatsApping Netta in the Netherlands uh, recently. And, and now, oh, there's Jiska, she's sitting there. Well, what, what's going on with Helena and Jiska is both of them are be feeling called by God into this deep journey into oneness. And Jiska has children. And uh, Helena has children. And, and the mind of Jiska is thinking, yeah, I'd really love to wake up to God and, and, and follow my heart and go for it and everything, but, but I have these children. Uh, and I know that if there's going to be a plan for waking up, I don't know how this is going to go. Uh, because with children, I have a lot of beliefs in the crystal ball, in the mind that I'm a mother, that children need their mother, and so on and so on and so forth. And Helena is over there too. You two are like counselors for each other. You two need each other more now than you ever did because most of the people on the screen you're looking at, you're thinking, they're not going through the same thing. They're not. They're, they're, they're being called by God, but they, they don't have children uh, that they're responsible for. And, and Jessica has written in a beautiful long prayer where she's like, please, Holy Spirit, you know, I want to come home to you, but I don't know, you're going to have to guide me because I don't know how I'm going to unwind from this self-concept that I made up. You're saying to the Holy Spirit, yeah, some of these other ones that, that are in community and they're, you know, they're following their guidance and everything, good for them, yeah, good for them. They don't have children. You know, like, you're saying, my degree of difficulty <laughs> is much greater than these other ones. Oh yeah, they're in Quantico and meditating and translating, having fun, and I watch them, and they're having so much fun, and I've got children, and they don't, and so, you know, they're closer, because the degree of difficulty, you know, is like if I'm a gymnast, now I'm trying to do a triple backflip axle uh, and come down on my feet and land in heaven. And these other ones, you know, they're just like raising their arms and legs, you know, and they're just, they're, they're not, they don't have to do like a triple reverse axle. But, but you believe that your pathway to God is higher in degree of difficulty. And this, and Helena Elias, you know, it's the same thing. It's, it's like, it's like, wow, I've got to really perform some kind of, of uh, maneuver here with the Holy Spirit's help to get me out of what I perceive I am. And remember, the first principle of A Course in Miracles is there's no order of difficulty in miracles. One miracle is not harder than another. And you are beginning to feel this, like, wow, I'm called by God, and it can't be that the circumstances that, that the ego invented have put me in a more difficult trap. 
than other people. It can't be that way. Why? It's because the crystal ball is just the crystal ball and you have to see it for what it is no matter what you believe. Construction worker, father, mother, sister, brother, whatever you believe you are in time and space is really irrelevant to the Holy Spirit and to Jesus. Because because they're representing God and God is saying you are a perfect child of God and you are only going to be happy in your environment which is heaven. Like this is a wake-up call and regardless of how you perceive yourself in that crystal ball, I am calling you out of the world. There is no harder or more difficult circumstances to realize who you are because because God didn't generate or create any of those circumstances and God loves you so dearly that if you even came close to this light you would just weep in gratitude and say, oh my God, I can't believe I thought those thoughts about me and I can't believe I was this, whatever that was. I don't even know what that, that crystal ball is anymore. You would, you would just cry and weep as you got closer to that light. You would just you could not control your emotions. The love in your heart would just swell and swell to a giant proportions. And you would think, and, and I was concerned about the crystal ball. I was concerned about the characters, that they were going to scream at me, point the finger at me, you can't do it, you're abandoning, you're rejecting, and da da da. And Jesus is like, well, yeah, that's what made the crystal ball, the belief in ego, the belief in abandonment, rejection, false responsibilities. Who generated all these except the, the ego? The, your one responsibility is to accept the correction. So I think, I was just having a, a talk on uh, Messenger yesterday with, uh, with, with Helena, and we were talking, and Helena and I were talking, and and she was just talking about the joy, she's feeling the guidance, she's being activated, she's been talking to Netta. And, but basically Helena was saying, you know, I have, I have a counselor, I talk to my husband, I like to talk to you David, but it's kind of, I, I really need, she was like saying, I need someone to talk to deeply about the things that are happening in my experience. And, and I, I was this morning on prayer, it was like, Jessica, is Helena's one. That's the one for her. And, and Helena's the one for Jiska. Like, they are going to do this reverse triple axle and they are going to land on their feet in perfect equilibrium and they're going to get the perfect 10 score from the Holy Spirit. Like, yes! You are extracted. You are extracted from the, mess, from the crystal ball. But you need to talk to each other, I would say probably on a daily basis, because you are both on the same journey. The symbols that the Holy Spirit is using in both of your dream worlds, it's the same. You know, they're very parallel, you know. And, the, you know, for, for Helena, she's like, well, I've got Danny and I've got the, the three boys. And then Jessica's like, well, yeah, I... I had a, a husband, and but I was di divorced, and then I had a partner who who committed suicide, <laughs> even a partner who committed suicide, uh, and so yeah, it's like you guys can share your notes, and the ego is going to be like, oh no, don't be, don't have these two sharing their notes, because before 
they're just going to turn into mighty companions of support, like whatever Helena throws up, Jiska's like, yeah, I've been through that, I know exactly that. And then whatever Jiska throws up, Helena's like, oh, I know, I've been through that. And the Holy Spirit's going to come ripping through you too. Why? Because then you're going to start to remember your mind that these beliefs of motherhood, these beliefs of children, these beliefs, you know, both of you have come so close and turned so close towards the light and in your deep connection with me. And then Jessica felt it so strong like five years ago that she came zooming in toward the light and then she thought, oh no, this can't be right. The voice of guilt reared up in Jiska's mind and, and said, no, 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 nada, nada, nada. You are not going to light and, and God. You don't even think about it. You, you have things. You are mentally ill, which in one sense that was <laughs> the Holy Spirit <laughs> saying that through the characters, but they were saying it's more of a disease in your mind, in your brain. You need medication, you need treatment. You know, the, the ego through its best defense up to really keep you from going for it. But now, I bought a ticket to the crystal ball world, but now I've come back again. Why do I find it hard to write the next line? Oh, I want the truth to be said. Now Jessica's back. She almost went insane. She, she had psychotic episodes. She tried to live in two worlds and her mind was going back and forth. So, Helena, this is your answer. She's been through it. She's been through the the psychiatry, the, the help, all this and that, and, and the guilt around the children, and the guilt around the partners, not just one. You've just got Danny. She's like, one? <laughs> I, I had a partner who committed suicide, and then another one. I've had two. I, I'll, I'll talk to you, girl. we got something to talk about. Like, you're, you're worried about Danny? Let me tell you, I went through some guilt with two, <laughs> two, two partners. Oh, you got three boys? Well, here, let me tell you. And, and both of you are going to, you know, you're saying, well, yeah, I watched David in this community, and then I watched these, these different ones, like Svava, you know, she, she had the oh, mystical experience, and the wax coming down on the painting, and, but her boys were 15, Helena says, yeah, that's a little degree of difficulty, I've, I've got a 15, yeah, if they were 15, maybe I can do that dismount, but now I've got a double axle, triple axle, double reverse to do because they're younger, they're, these, are, these are more children, those are teens, teens for Svava, children, and just going, I've got children too, and then there's Stephanie, Renetta over there, and she's working on these issues around guilt with, with her children, her daughter and her son, and they're in their 20s. And Helena and Jessica are going, hell, what is holding you back, Stephanie? If my children were in their 20s, I'd be in heaven by now. I'd be gone into heaven. You're still, <laughs> you're still releasing, oh, they're, they're in their 20s. That's a. That's not even a dismount. That's you. <laughs> that's hardly anything, you know. But then you're dealing with other things, that, which you've written in about where the anger comes up, around thoughts around competition and different things. You know, the ego doesn't care which angle it gets you. It's always saying, you can't leave this crystal ball, because it's saying it's your home now. 
you live, the ego says, you live in the crystal ball and if you go, you're going to be so sorry. You're going to be so sad if you leave this crystal ball. You know, don't believe this crazy small still voice is telling you about heaven. You know, you know, a bird in the hand is worth what? Is, how many in the bush? You know, there's all these sayings like, go with what's right in front of you. But the world of time and space seems to be what's right in front of you, and now it seems to be a threat to let go of these earthly time-space problems and, and accept the correction in the mind. And you may think, well, I, I, I'm a human being, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a human problem solver, and I'm, I really tuned in to this retreat this weekend, because I'm hoping David can give me better access to the Holy Spirit so he can solve, help me solve my human problems. Um, and then if, if I can do that, then I'll be good. And the ego will throw in another set of human problems tomorrow. And then another set of human problems the next day. And it will keep throwing in more and more stacks of problems. And it will keep telling you, you can't be a perfect child of God because you've got too many problems. <laughs> you've, and it's all within the crystal ball of time and space where it generates all these false problems of yesterday and problems of tomorrow. And if you keep believing in those problems, then you, you won't go back to the light. You'll say, I don't deserve to be in the light. I'm not a good enough problem solver. I don't know how to pray well enough. I don't receive enough guidance. And I've, because I don't receive the guidance, I've got too many time-space problems to go back to heaven. And what Jesus is telling us is he's saying, no, 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 don't look to that darkened glass. Don't, don't keep thinking these thoughts and believing these beliefs. In fact, just today, Lynn Robin Miller from the United States, um, she shared a poem with us. And I, when I read this poem this morning, when I just sat down here and it was right on top for me, Lynn, Lynn Robin Miller of the United States, she wrote this poem called Over the Abyss. And I think this poem is for all of us, so I'm going to read it. Because this abyss is the crystal ball of time and space. And this is the poem that she, she gave to us. I walked to the edge of the abyss. Ego bid me look down. See? It's like looking in my crystal ball. See? A vast, vast nothingness stretching out to eternity. Ego said, this is what you'll encounter if you take one more step, like a step into the abyss. If you take one more step, this is what you'll encounter. If you take one more step, the end of the world as you've known it, of your separate identity, the complete disillusion of all you've come to be. My breath quickened as terror struck like a blade, and I trembled as I contemplated the end of what I thought of as me. Ego screamed, it's time to step back, don't fall. But in my right ear, I did hear a call and that sounded like music of 
a grand symphony. And I floated over the abyss on its holy melody. What a beautiful poem for us. The ego is saying, if you listen to that small, still voice, to that music, to that symphony of love that's playing in your mind, God's love, Jesus' love, the Holy Spirit's love, the love that's the light in your mind, if you listen to that, the ego is saying, you're going to fall off and drop and lose everything that you've ever held dear to be the me. You'll have to let go of the me that was invented in order to soar and float on its holy melody. Today I woke up and I sometimes listen to my, my voice on Spreaker and today's lesson uh, that I listen to and I'm, I'm like thinking, okay, this is the lesson that I'm going to hear through my voice from the Course in Miracles before I go and talk to all my beloved brothers and sisters on the online retreat. And what was the lesson? The lesson that I heard was, the salvation of the world depends on me. The salvation of the world depends on me. And he's not talking about the personality me. He's not talking about that, that Stephanie or that Helena. He's not talking about that Jiska that's the mother that, or that's a woman. He's not talking about the me that's a man. He's not talking about the me that's it's Peter over there. I see you there again in, in England. That you know, you're you're just been you're seeing all these people pleasing patterns, and it's shocking. You've you've started to see them, and Jesus is smiling and saying, "Oh, I love you so much, and you are not any of those people pleasing patterns. Don't feel down. Don't feel heavy. Don't feel lost. You are you are the beloved one of God, and and all those patterns that you are now looking at that you feel." held you back from love or closed you down, Jesus is saying, they have no power to do so. You are so beloved that you are so beloved that you could rise up and laugh at those, those thoughts of where you pleased or where you compromised. Jesus isn't interested in what happened in the crystal ball. He knows you exactly as who you are, an empowered being of light that would laugh at the silliness of this crystal ball if you would come inside. You're just facing what you thought you did. You're just facing what you thought you made. You're just facing the world of, of what Peter seemed to go through. You don't have to go through 34 years of this like me, Peter. We are, we are rising up. <laughs> it's like I remember that story of Jesus when they, they hung Jesus on a cross, but then they had two prisoners that they hung on two crosses next to him. And one of the prisoners that was hanging on the, on the cross aside from Jesus turned and he looked over Jesus and Jesus looked at him and Jesus, they connected. And, and Jesus said in his mind, in his heart, this day you will share with me in paradise. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for an invitation? Seems like it doesn't look real good on the cross. Somebody's on a cross being seemingly crucified and Jesus says, this day you will, you will be with me in paradise. That's what Jesus is saying to you, Peter. Don't, don't 
get caught up with what the ego is trying to pull on you in this world of mesmerism of time and space, what you did wrong, how you pleased, all these things that you did wrong, he's like, oh no, 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 nada, nada, nada. You're still, as God created you, and you are ready to rise up from this, and you are ready to hear my voice, and you are ready to claim the inheritance of, of a perfect, innocent child of God, not to dilly-dally in, in the world of time and space. The ego is just going to try to trick you with everything that you're guilty, but you're not. You're not guilty. And, and I see those are writing in, like, um, I see um, Julie Glasgow wrote in about um, a question, it was re about a sickness um, with a baby child. And then also we have had uh, Jacqueline writing in about sickness, and I think um, Linda Hall. Yeah, you've just come through surgery. Jacqueline, Jacqueline, you're going through chemotherapy, five hours of chemotherapy with, with the diagnosis of cancer, and you're, you're, you've decided to go through with this, and then you're asking, was I following the ego to go through this chemotherapy? Um, and Linda, you've just come through surgery, and, and then Julie, you're asking your question. They're all relating to, uh, to sickness sickness seemingly within the, the time-space uh, crystal ball. The, what Julie was just writing was, Julie Glasgow, United States, I received the following message from a dear tenant a few days ago. And this was the message, after being mostly in ICU, intensive care unit, the past four months since being born, Baby E's health deteriorated further, so she had to be rushed, transferred to Boston Children's Hospital. She needs a life-saving surgery very soon on her heart, which will be her third surgery since she was born. Yikes! This is the message. This is the message that Julie's receiving from a tenant. And she's saying, how do I help? What do I do from A Course in Miracles perspective? How do I, how do I help? You said, I have yet to respond to him. I am seeking guidance on how I could co contribute to health and healing, especially in the context of A Course in Miracles and all, so I maybe could send a miracle his way on behalf of his baby daughter. We say there is no sickness, etc. So how to handle this? Many thanks. Love and light, Julie. So, so we'll say with, with, um, with Julie and with Linda and with Jacqueline, they're all facing what seems to be a call for love in terms of symptoms. Um, the, the baby, the tenant's baby, or Linda just coming through surgery, or Jacqueline's writing and saying, chemo, I'm, I'm handling five, five hours of chemotherapy. And, and you're all asking a question around sickness in the crystal ball. You see, that's, that's where the, the ego, and the ego is saying, yes, yes, look into my crystal ball, look at the body, or look at the symptoms. Oh, now, maybe you can find some guidance that can help you inside the crystal ball. And Jesus is saying, 
Jacqueline, if you, if you knew this light and love that you are, and this game of chemotherapy and the body and everything, you are so loved, you would weep if you knew how much God loves you. God has been calling to you your entire life in your mind saying, come back to me, come back to me. You know, it's not, you'll never find the love, the happiness that you are inside the crystal ball. And, and that call is so strong that if this particular dream or scenario seemed to end, and then this, you found yourself engulfed in this light, and you're so huge, so expansive, so much love, that you would just look back at the crystal ball and go, I can't believe I thought that was me. <laughs> I can't believe I was, I was searching for guidance to handle this scenario inside the crystal ball when the guidance was always saying, come into the light, come, come to the light. You will never know yourself as happiness until you come to the light. So you see how it's the context. Now this gives a whole new context to the guidance. You know, the ego is saying, ah, let's see if Jesus can solve this trick. You know, now you've got health issues on the body. And Jesus is always saying the same thing, come be with me. Come into the light. Come know yourself as you truly are. The guidance is never meant to solve problems of the, of the crystal ball, which were made to keep you from knowing who you are. So now we're seeing through your prayer and through your, your beloved prayer that that's for all of us, for all of us watching today. Your prayer is everyone's prayer. Your prayer is Andy's prayer. The prayer that I read at the beginning. My prayer is to let the Holy Spirit guide me step by step into the holy instant. That's, that is everyone's prayer, regardless of the circumstance. Regardless if you seem to be undergoing five hours of chemo, like Jacqueline, regardless if you seem to be Helena with her husband and three children, three boys, or you have to be Jiska with her two children, or you have to be Stephanie with her grown children, or you happen to be uh, Linda who's just come through surgery uh, and now she's praying to join in the light and pray for the guidance. You can start to see the commonality here, is that the guidance is for you to be still and come inside and to begin to question the beliefs that you hold and the thoughts that you hold. That's what the parable of David has been about for me. That's what the last 34 years have been about. It's been about going inside and questioning, what do I believe in? And going to Jesus and saying, please show me what I still believe in. Because Jesus always told me how powerful the mind was and he said, I can help you in guidance and I can give you specific instructions and guidance that seems to pertain to the crystal ball because it's still very meaningful to you. And so I said, yeah, that would, that would be helpful. I need you to be very practical with me because at the beginning when I got the course, when I opened it up as an oracle, David was 28 years old and David was thinking, uh-oh, what am I going to do for my life? 
What am I going to do for my career? What about my future ambitions for love? What, what about my future ambitions for success? What about all my future? You see, in the crystal ball, you can't help but think of the future. Because you're thinking about time in your mind, and it seems like the character has got all these serious problems to deal with in time and space, but it's just the thoughts and the beliefs in the mind that is where the guidance is, is needed. It was all about me letting go of these searching for externals. That's really what the whole parable, for 34 years, that whole parable was just like, seek not outside yourself. Ah, you got burned. Well, you were still seeking an idol. What do you expect? Jesus is like, you keep using your powerful mind to seek for these idols, for things in the world which will never content you which will never take you back to the light. And then when you seek for them, your mind is so powerful that you seem to get them and then they fall. Idols always fall. Everything in form always seems to get taken away. Because it's so temporary. Because it wasn't created by God, of course it's going to fall. These, these are never going to content the holy child of God. None of these things. Yogananda, he knew it. He, he gifted us with his, his beautiful teachings this morning. He was telling us, don't seek for human love, don't seek for friendship, don't seek for things of this world. The Lord, what the Lord will give you, which is the light in your mind, which is the remembrance of who you are, what the Lord will gift you is the only thing that this world is for. This is a world for letting go. This is a world for undoing the ego. If you thought of yourself as a soul, uh, I think um, Svava one time told me when she was much younger she had this mystical experience where there were all these souls that couldn't wait to come to earth. They were lined up, stacked up, almost like a, it's like an amusement park, can't wait to get there. Look at that! Wouldn't you love to go down there and be a part of that one? Why, but why did the souls want to come to earth? Because there's one reason, because the earth could be used to wake them up to the light. But these seeking souls are, are souls that still believe in the ego. That's why, they're, that's why they're lined up. They're rows and rows waiting to come to the juicy experience of time and space. They can't wait to get inside that crystal ball. And now, you already believe you're here. You already believe you're inside of it. So now Jesus is saying, well, let's use it well. Uh, all these problems that you believe in, uh, I can work with you, I can send you symbols of guidance to help you unwind from that belief that you're in the crystal ball. But that's what the guidance is for. The guidance isn't to get, make a better life inside the crystal ball, because Jesus is saying, there is no life. Life is eternal. God created eternal life. Now that is life. What you call this incarnation in time and space is, is a fabrication, actually. It's, it's invented by the ego. We watched that movie Tron where Kevin Flynn drops down, he gets totally engrossed in the invented world, and then he feels trapped. Like Clue, a character that he made up to find the perfect world inside of this crystal ball. Clue has now taken over. Clue has taken charge of the world. And that's what happened when you believe in the ego. You give the power of your mind to this puff of nothingness, and then before you know it, 
you, you're in a dream. You seem to be inside of a dream that the puff has made up. Using the power of our mind, our precious Christ mind, has, the power has been pulled, drained from it for the ego belief to generate a time-space world. And now, if you believe you're stuck in that world or dream, you need a lot of help. But it's not the character that you believe you are that needs the help, because that's just being dreamed. It's actually the mind that believes in this world. That's where the help is needed. And, you know, you ask, what's gone on in these 34 years of working with the Course? Well, Jesus has showed me that, that the problem's in my mind. And the, and the problem has already been corrected, and that you have no problems anymore, and the only way you could even conceive of a problem is if you b believe that the, this crystal ball of time and space is real. That's the one thing that if you believe in it, then you will perceive yourself as if it has happened, as if it's real, and you'll see yourself on the screen of the world. You'll see yourself, you'll see yourself inside the projection and you will not remember how powerful that mind is that's being used for the projection. So that is my teaching for today. It's like we are getting a wake-up call and this wake-up call is giving us guidance but the guidance isn't to solve problems inside the dream. The guidance is to free the mind that is dreaming the dream. In the movie The Matrix, when Neo finally is drawn to meet Morpheus, his teacher, as soon as he meets Morpheus, Morpheus takes him through a series of training exercises. And Neo goes through some of these training exercises and finally, in the middle of one of the training exercises, which is just a simulation, Morpheus turns to Neo and says, I'm trying to free your mind. There you go. That's what that inner voice is teaching you. It's not about solving the body symptoms. It's not about solving the self-concept that seems to be a character and have these circumstances, these dealing with a pandemic or having children or having, having a career, having all these things all the specifics, it's not about solving the specifics inside the crystal ball. The guidance is about free your mind. Your mind is what generated this world and the ego used it, your mind, the power of your mind to generate this time-space world and now it's to free your mind from believing in it. And that's that's all that this uh, journey, this parable of David, has been about. It, it's just been used for that one purpose. Free your mind. Don't believe in the unbelievable. Don't give your holy mind over to these, this crazy belief of separation and, and the whole world that this belief has generated. You can rise up, you can laugh, at this world once you see that you're dreaming it. Because Jesus is there in your mind saying, come on back, let's watch the show. Let's, uh, let's enjoy the show. 
the Holy Spirit's like saying, come on back in. You have not gone back far enough, but get way back here with us and you're going to really see that what you thought inside the dream was a tragedy is actually a comedy. You had it in the wrong category. Inside the dream, when all the problems seem so serious and so real, it's a drama. It's a tragedy. It's, I mean, that's what all of history has been, drama and tragedies. The whole belief in linear time is really quite dramatic and quite tragic. Why? Because it's tragic to the hero of the dream, which is the body. The body seems to be part of tragedies and dramas, but not when you get back in your mind with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Then it's, it's more like uh, it's a divine comedy. Because of the one who's dreaming it, is, is watching it without judgment with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You are, if you come back to that point in your mind where you can perceive the world with, with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, you will laugh. You will laugh at the idea that you could have ever believed something so silly, so crazy as separation. Separation can't be a real idea. Why would love, why would God create separation? It's just, there's just no way. Why, why? That's not even amusing. That's, not, that's a laughable idea, but it's not really amusing at all. And unless, if you believe in it, then it's so serious. It's so serious. How are people going to react to me? Jesus is like, why are you thinking that these dream characters are, can hold you back because they'll think bad things about you when you through the ego, gave them these crazy private thoughts of criticism, of, of betrayal, of abandonment. Can it really be a sacrifice to wake up to know yourself as the Christ? The ego says, oh yeah, that's going to be a big sacrifice. It's going to cost you the whole world you see. The ego is saying, you're going to have to sacrifice the whole world that you perceive to wake up to heaven. And Jesus is saying, yeah, right, I've done it. <laughs> It's great, actually. <laughs> Everyone thinks Jesus is like, oh, i got to give up. Oh, it's going to be pain and suffering. I finally make it through the final lesson. No, Jesus was like, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank God the truth will set you free. You know, knock and the door shall be opened. You know, the truth shall set you free. And that's what the faith comes in. Now with the Matrix, you know, Morpheus said, you know, free your mind, free your mind, which was really good. They could have ended the Matrix at number one. You know, he flies off into the air like Superman. Don't need a sequel for that. Then, Matrix 2. The truth will free your mind. Now he's all caught up in a special relationship with Trinity. Oh, come on. And he's got to go through more struggles because he has a special relationship with Trinity. And then he goes through, 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 and finally he gets back to the architect. And the architect says, the door to your right leads to the source. The door to your left leads back to Trinity and the Matrix. Guess which door he takes? Oh, come on, you got to be kidding me. He goes back to the special relationship to save Trinity. What happens after that experience with the architect when he goes back to Trinity, he finds himself unconscious. Are we learning from these movies? 
Are you hearing me? You can stop at the Matrix 1 when, you, when the character goes flying off into the sky, <laughs> oblivious of gravity. But if you're going to sit there and watch the whole sequel, if you're going to watch the second one and the third one, are you watching? Are you watching what happens with the temptation when he believes he has to go back and save his special love partner? With Jessica, are you hearing this? Helena, when you, are you concerned about the husband and the children? Are you, are you hearing this? Are you, are you running your own Matrix 2 movie where you're getting close to go for the source and then you're like, oh, can't, can't leave these characters behind. I've got to be, I've got to be the personal savior. Go back, Neo, go back in the Matrix, go back to rescue them, go back. If your mind becomes whole and you see it's all unified, guess what? All the characters are with you in your whole mind. Jesus is like, yeah, yeah, that's right. They were make-believe characters and now you're a whole mind. You're, you're one with me and we can both look at this from the same mind because that's a reflection of God's one mind. That healed, forgiven mind, that happy dream was the solution all along. Jesus is saying, why would you think it wouldn't end in happiness? Why would you think it wouldn't end in, in joy and in laughter? Why would you think that a loving God would have you go through this, woe is me, uh, okay, I'll come back to you God, but I, uh, it's a sacrificial, you know, I'm going to have to give up a lot to know this oneness. Jesus is like, you don't need to believe in that kind of thinking. You reach eternal happiness through a happy dream. And if your dream isn't consistently happy, it just must mean that you still are believing in aspects of that crystal ball that are more valuable in the mind than the light. And Jesus is saying there is nothing in the crystal ball that the ego made that's as valuable as the light. So you see the context. Now Jessica and Helen are going to get together and oh boy, ego doesn't have a chance he could, does not have a chance of stopping you. Because why? Because when you talk to each other, probably every day, you're going to share your notes. You're going to share your notes. What Helena's going through with her husband, Jessica's going to go, oh, I was there. I've been there. Oh, yeah. The ego really got me good. And then when the, the one partner committed suicide, oh, oh my God, what have I done? A human being has killed himself because I wanted to follow the light. So you both need to share your notes because the ego does not want you to share those notes. Those are like, those are marked, do not share. Those are tucked away in the unconscious mind of guilt. And the ego's like, oh no, no, don't go, please don't go sharing that. Jessica, if you, if you share those notes with Helena, Helena's going to, She's going to go way beyond Helena. She's going, to, she's going to soar into the light. And if Helena starts sharing her notes with Jiska, he goes like, oh no, 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 no. Let's get you back in the mental ward with some Thorazine and something there. We've got to keep you guilty and drugged up. Uh, we don't want you sharing miracles. Oh, we don't need somebody who's, who's using the symbol of a woman to teach the divine light beyond the veil. We need to keep you using the symbol of a woman that's a mother, that's stuck in the guilt of inside the, the, the crystal ball. That's what the ego wants to see. So I'm just giving it to you straight. You know, what you thought was going to be a difficult extraction, if you two join in holy relationship, it's going to go fast. Because 
those notes that the ego didn't want shared are going to be shared. And, and you're going to go, ah, aha, I couldn't see it by myself, but with you, my mighty companion, who's gone, gone through the same things that I'm going through, you're the best counselor in the world because that's a kind of holy relationship that's going to take me long. And then of course, Helena will go, oh, hey, Lisa Windsor, hey, guess what? Oh, I started joining with my friend over in the Netherlands. Because uh, Lisa, what is, I think Lisa has like four, four children. She first five. <laughs> four. I can't tell it's too small. Let's, four. Yeah, four. Okay, Helena with three, Jessica with two, four. Oh my goodness. You'll start sharing your notes with Lisa. Lisa's like, oh my, let's talk, girlfriend. We need to talk more. Because why? Because deep down, what does Lisa want? Lisa's, she wants the Holy Spirit. She's been in the Course. She came to me years ago at Jeff Wilbur's house where she had this partner who was kind of growing some marijuana on the side and all these different things going on in her personal life. And she's like, I got four little ones and God is calling me. Like, is that an impossible situation or what? But now with, with what you're going to learn through your holy relationship, you are going to free the mind of all mother thoughts, of all father thoughts, of all roles. You're going to free the mind of every single role that the ego invented in its crystal ball world that was holding you there and saying, you can't leave. You can't leave. You know, there's a movie that I, I a Star Trek episode that I, I show, and for some of you that are kind of feeling the vibe of me and the joy that's flowing through me, you may want to, to go on the internet and find the, the Star Trek episode called The Thaw, which is, um, it's Star Trek Voyager, that's the series, there's all the different first generation and original. Star Trek Voyager and the theme of the episode is called The Thaw. And if anything that I'm sharing with you is a little bit confusing or disorienting, just watch that one Star Trek episode and you'll go, oh my God, I see what he was talking about. Because in that episode, they, they visit a planet and they, they send a couple people into a computer-generated world. And then they forget that it's just a computer-generated world. So the characters get tra trapped in the guilt and the fear of leaving. Because as soon as they're in it, they believe that it's real. And as soon as the mind falls asleep from heaven and believes in this world, it believes it's inside this world. You think that you're a person with a mind and thoughts inside the crystal ball, and you're not. Jesus is like saying, that's ridiculous. God created you perfect. You could never be guilty. You could never have shame. You could never have doubt. You could never have struggle. You could never have frustration. Unless you believe you're in this ego crystal ball, then of course that's what your experiences will be every day. Uh, that you believe you're in that time and space crystal ball. So why don't we open it up. Uh, tomorrow Francis and I will come back to, we'll just go through more of the things that you've written in because you've, you've been amazing. Jessica, may, amazing writing this out, this prayer. Because this has turned into beautiful symbols now that are helping everybody, everyone awaken. 
And, and what seemed to be the struggle that you were going through inside there is now for everybody to escape because because really we're all one mind. We're all going into the light. And and Helena is so looking forward to your call now. <laughs> you guys can chat you can send chat messages give your contact details to each other over the chat so you can start this holy relationship right away. Because the faster it starts, the faster the the, the dream world ends. I mean with you two coming together sharing your notes, oh my gosh. The ego is shaking in its boots. <laughs> so let's open it up, Eric. Let's uh, let's hear from everyone because this has been quite the quite the session on freeing the mind from from these be beliefs and these thoughts about past and future. Okay, great. I see Jean Wilmot there, and I'll go ahead and unmute you, Jean. Hello. Hi, Jean. Hi. Um, my heart is pounding. I've just from the moment I signed on, it, I just felt like every single story was me, and it. I just saw um, each time you were talking, uh, Helena and Yuska. That story was mine. The first few uh, online retreats, I remember coming on crying. While I was talking to David, I got a message that my son was in the emergency room, and it just all came back to me. Every single story you went through is, it just, I'm shaking because it was just, I've been there. And in the past few weeks, I've left there so completely that I just feel like this, this retreat was to, to show me it's done, that's done, all those stories. And uh, it's, I'm shaking. It's so, my prayer since this has been happening was trust. I, I need trust. And then this happens and it's like showing me how it's working. It's working. I mean, and it showed this the, lately with my kids, I've, I've totally let go. I just, and it's not intentional. It wasn't a decision. It was just it's not that I don't care. I just know it's not my job anymore. And it's been amazing. I mean, I, uh, after quarantine, school opened up and my kids didn't want to go. And I said, okay, look, don't go. Let's stay home. We're having so much fun. You know, just everything. I don't care. <laughs> like We're just looking for joy and happiness now. And that's all we want now. And my, my niece is in Boston Children's Hospital in ICU and that brought me to my knees and that's what actually helped me reach this place because just I knew everything you were going to say before you said it because I just went through it my I was on my knees just my niece was on my mind so strongly that's all I could think about and in an, it happened almost in an instant where I saw I was asking for, I was seeing suffering, I was seeing suffering. And my question was, how can I see suffering and, and be happy and be in joy? It's not possible. How this is ridiculous. It's not possible. And the answer was not in words. It was an experience. I, I went straight into joy and nothing changed in the picture. My niece is still in the hospital my family is still seemingly 
suffering, but I was no longer suffering and I didn't need any words about it. it. I was, because I turned my attention to spirit, that's all it took. I didn't need, I, I realized I didn't need an answer. I just needed the experience. And all it, I didn't have to understand how is it possible. I just had to only look for spirit. And when you're that far down, there's nothing else to look for. You're, you're, so I'm actually grateful I got so far down because it's amazing. And every story you went through, just I was like, yes, I've been there. And I could now see it as a story. And uh, my divorce and my, my terminally ill mother and these stories and my dog just died. Like there are just all these stories that used to bring me down. And it's like now all I have to do is look for spirit. And I don't even have to look for guidance or answers. Things just happen on their own. And I'm just, I, my mighty companion that I've been praying for on these retreats for, for so long now just showed up during quarantine with a phone call, a woman I've never met, and Yiska and Elena go for it because everything started changing when she just a random woman called me and we've been on the phone ever since we've still never met but she's like my life partner now we meet constantly on on the computer and volunteering for living miracles that was it too that was huge having these mighty companions every day every day it's it it's changed everything. And I've been on these retreats for, since the beginning. And I can tell you all, that's where it started. And it's amazing. And I finally am starting to trust. This is, this is, this is all, it's not that hard, actually, when you just let go and all you want is spirit. Everything works out. So thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Jean. Thank you. Yeah, this is so beautiful because it, it's showing how the guilt just came from thinking that mind knew something about the stories of time and space. It always from, the, from one thing. And then, you know, even as you have these miracles in your mind and you start to hand over all the stories to the Holy Spirit, then miraculous use of symbols come in. You just, the miracles start popping, 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 and it's all from disclosing. You know, there was a time when Jean and I talked and, and you were even feeling like a financial constraint for joining and everything, and, and I said, well, just volunteer. Here, I'll call up Emily, we'll get you joined, and you, you've got these skills, you can use them with Movie Watcher's Guide to Enlightenment, and you see how the Holy Spirit just redirects and uses the same symbols that the ego made as part of its miraculous lighting up the world. So there's no loss involved, it's a retranslation with zero loss involved where you feel the joy. Even the Course teaching for years and years that the ego is behind all learning, that, that everything of this world is learned, and of course in the projected world of the crystal ball of time and space, education seems important. Most people would say, well, children need to be educated. Do they? Maybe they're just perfect spirit, wanting to be happy and joyful, wanting to let the light shine through them, and maybe they don't need to be educated into the matrix. 
to be good, become good producers so they can help the gross national product of whatever country they're in. It's much to do about nothing. Shakespeare had it right. Education needs to be questioned. Parenting needs to be questioned. Um, economics need to be questioned. Lack needs to be questioned. Guilt needs to be questioned. Fear needs to be questioned. Oh yeah, I think it's good to question these things in the mind because the world is just the effects of the ego beliefs in all those things. Fear, guilt, pain, lack, competition. And, and the effects, why would you fool around with the stories which are the effects of the false beliefs when you cannot change the effects, you can just change their cause. You can change your, your mind. You can change from believing in the ego and thinking the ego's thoughts to believing in the Holy Spirit and Jesus and thinking the thoughts of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Now that's a change. That's a change at the level of cause, at the level of mind. And then the effects are not your concern. You know, are you lack of caring? Oh no, you're caring about your peace of mind. You have, you're getting into maximum caring. You're not, you're not trying to be indifferent to the world, you're just trying to go into your mind and not be indifferent to how you feel. If you feel sad, oh, what's the story I believe in? If I feel lacking, what's the story? What's, what is it in the mind? So I think, yeah, you have a lot to offer too to, to Helena and, and Jiska because you know, you've just come through facing a lot of those things right up front and now you're starting to lift, like you're starting to float, float it over the abyss on its holy melody. The symphony's got you. And now you're starting to be drawn more by the symphony that will lift you up over the abyss. And then the ego's still shrieking, oh no, no, you're going to fall. The, the symphony may drop you. No, this symphony of light is not dropping anything. <laughs> it cares about you, it loves you so dearly, it wants you to burst in happiness and joy and love beyond measure. And they're not, the Spirit doesn't drop you. My friend Lila always said, well, I know the Spirit's not going to drop me on my head. And she was the first community member of, that was involved with me to just to pass away. She laid the body down. She, and her thing all those years that I knew her was, the Spirit will never drop me on my head. And toward the end of her life, when she was on some of our online gatherings, she was just radiating love, radiating peace. She, she went into a spiritual dementia. She, she couldn't even remember some of the stories of the past because she was so embraced by the light and she was so going to the light that she just laid her body aside over in Hawaii, in Hilo. So these are the kind of stories that we need to know. That's the whole purpose of the com community symbol is to go to the light. Uh, that's the purpose of guidance, that's the purpose of instructions, that's the purpose of our holy relationship. It's all to trust and go to the light. And let the ISOs appear. Like that woman who just called you out of the blue and now is this mighty companion that is so dear to you that you can join and link minds and join together and rejoice together that that's Jesus sending in the perfect mighty companions, the perfect ISOs that are going to let you rise to the light with no hesitation. As easy as merging with, with pure oneness. So thank you, Jean. Wow, this has been amazing. Now with you and Helena and Jessica, you know, it's like the momentum is so strong. And thank you for witnessing.
Thank you, team. Okay. Next, I'm feeling to go to Norma Riley. Go ahead, Norma. You can unmute your mic on the screen there. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, Norma. Hi, David. Uh, this is my first uh, retreat, and uh, I'm I'm very happy to meet you. And I thank you for for this. Um, I wanted to share something that happened to me last night after the session. Um, and what really struck me was what you said about guidance is not about the future. It's about uh, finding joy and happiness in, in the present. And so I, I've been struggling with uh, this uh, issue with my mouth um, pain. And I was pretty despondent, actually, last night. And so afterwards, I went into the kitchen, and I, I could feel myself going down. And um, so I said, okay, um, Jesus, how can I find more joy and happiness right now? And so then I got this, like, image of... I've been looking at this uh, way of mastery. Um, and so I got this image of the way of mastery and I, I heard in my mind, it said, read about me. And, and as soon as I got that, I started to feel better. I said, oh, okay, that's what I'll do. I'll go and, and look at the way of mastery. So I pulled it up. And so for those that aren't familiar with it, it was uh, Jesus being channeled through uh, uh, John Mark or JM. So it was channelings from Jesus and, and I just started reading it and it's very much the language is very much like the way Jesus speaks in the course of miracles. And so I started reading where I had left off and I came to this part where he gets this message from Jesus. that says, your only thought has been one separation from me upon this rests the creation of millennia of illusions and at that point when he gets that he he begins to get all of these images of things happening all at once like everything's not happening in a sequential time order it's all happening all at the same time it's like this dream is all happening all these images, they're all being created all at once. There's no, you know, there's no time. It's not linear. It's just all happening at once. And then I flashed on the image from Hinduism of Narayana, which is the aspect of Vishnu that's sleeping and dreaming the world. And I thought, oh, this is like the Narayana thing where the, you know, he's dreaming the world and everything's happening. All these images are happening at once. And I never understood that image. I, I thought, well, now why would God be dreaming asleep and dreaming the world? And then all of a sudden it was like this implosion, like, that's me. I'm the God aspect of God that has fallen asleep and dreaming the world. And it was just like this, like, I can't explain, I can't explain what it was like for that to just hit me, like, oh, my God. And 
so then at that moment, it was like, oh, my God, I've been dreaming this world, all these images of my mouth and this and that. And then it's like I heard Jesus saying, wake up from this dreaming, <laughs> wake from the dream. <laughs> and it was, I, I'm having a hard time describing what the understanding that came to me. It was like, oh, I just have to like recognize and go, okay, wake up, Narayana, wake up from this dream. And so then last <laughs> night it was, whole, it was the whole thing. Like I go, and then I said to Jesus, and, it's, and he's like, he's like, wake up from it. And I said, well, like how? And he said, go into the silence. And so then I went into the silence and before I went to bed, and it was just sort of like Narayana, just wake up from the stream. And now the interesting thing is when I woke up in this morning is that my mouth is actually quite a bit better. So I just wanted to share that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your mouth. I think Jesus just used your mouth <laughs> in the most glorious way because you were willing. So thank you, Naraya. That's just, that's so beautiful because that's a practical application where you just, you just went right into it and refused to buy into the old story. And now it's been, your mouth was used for a witness, a testimony to the depth that it's just the God isn't dreaming, it's the sleeping mind that believes it's separated from God that's dreaming the dream. But it, you, you just encompass so much, it's all simultaneous. We don't, we don't have to play the incarnation game, we don't have to play the, the time construct out. You know, you can, you can really just go into the silence and start to devote to that joy and that happiness. So thank you. Thank you for your testimony. Oh, beautiful. I'm thinking too of, of Seema, our dear friend Seema, because Seema had written in about um, the idea of uh, procrastination and uh, the, the frustration of, of perceiving that um, in some, some family members. And I think um, that what we've talked about with, with Jiska and what we've talked about with uh, with Gene and, and what we've talked about with Helena is just been it's we if we put too much importance on some of the dream characters um, as if somehow we're responsible for certain ones more than the other. But you have a have a son who's just ready to go off to university, but you're you're like Gene. You're starting to have the Gene the Gene's experiences where you're starting to feel this vastness communi communing with. Mary Magdala, and even when your son was wondering about doing his online connecting, you were telling me, we had a video chat that for school he was like, no, I just, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. That's, that's like Jane's children. Do we have to go back uh, to that system? You know, you, have, you start to question education, you start to question parenting, you start to question why certain family members are more important than the other seven billion. You know, it's no order of difficulty. So I think it's just great. I don't know if you have anything to share from these uh, last two sessions, but I can only imagine that Maggie will have a few, <laughs> few things 
call Mary Magdalene because this is really expansive. You'll have to unmute yourself on the screen there, Seema. Sorry, got it. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I could relate with um everything, uh the motherhood, um, for sure. Um and and I feel like uh this connection to Mary Magdalene has just it just kind of was given like the ISOs just kind of showed up. I wasn't really looking for it and had no background. Um, you know, grew up in a very Hindu background, all of that. Um, I can totally relate with the Narayan <laughs> uh, that Norma was talking about. So that's, that's really beautiful. And so with, with Maggie, I, I think what's so powerful to me is um, her tradition, you know, especially the movie, the the most recent Mary Magdalene movie. Um, I could so identify with her just seemingly in a very traditional Jewish upbringing and then releasing that and, and just keeping her eyes on Jesus and following. But then even to Jesus, like being so present to all aspects of his ministry and, you know, the, the sharing, the teachings and the crucifixion and the burial and then the resurrection. And, you know, at the end of the movie, if you remember, they, they kind of are laughing. You know, there's a scene where they're just kind of laughing at the whole thing. So so for me, um, I, I feel like um, when I was, I, I did the best I could um, and all the gatherings and all the discussions we've been having over the years. And then I had to keep stepping back and trusting that, um, you know, my son is to teach me, you know, my parents, I'm visiting them right now. They're, they're my teachers. Um, and then like Maggie, I've been drawn to, you know, draw, draw pictures of her, which, which was something I never, never, ever thought myself doing. And when she comes through, um, it's like she acknowledges everything that is. She doesn't deny anything. She's so present. But she invites me to say, well, let me be present with you. You don't have to be alone. So she's, you know, because she's played the daughter, the mother, you know, the companion. She's done all of it. So there's, there's no denial. Um, and at the same time, um, it's even like when I draw her pictures, it's the eyes. Like they just come in and the eyes are like, I, I see everything. I know everything. And so I've, I've drawn this one that was the sorrow. And so I have that. And then I have the one that's the awakened. And it's like, she's like, I, I got it all. I have it all. Like you, you don't have to worry. You don't have to suppress anything, but um, stay with me because I'm going to take you where you want to go. So don't, you know, don't try to do this by yourself. So um yeah, so I, I'm just very grateful. I'm just grateful uh, for all, everyone that was sharing, because I was like, yeah, I, I, I see it, I see it. And isn't it beautiful that we can be with it, but that's not it, you know, that, um, yeah. And, and I think um, recently, I, I know Nirzari is on the call with us. Um, I just felt I was, I, her son um, pa- passed away recently, as, as you know, and Dave, his, his name is Dave which means God. Um, and, um, I just have to say that, um, it's so powerful when you're lifted above what seems to be happening. So, um, as I was praying to Maggie, as I was praying to Jesus and Dave was going through in the body, just deterioration that the doctors were saying all the stuff that was happening. And yet when I was tuning into him, I could just feel his spirit was rising and rising and rising and rising. It was amazing. It was amazing. And I could not, 
there's just no words. There's no words. Um, and I, I thought, wow, if I had had those experiences when I was training as a doctor, you know, I, I think I would have felt a lot less guilty, a lot less sad, a lot less responsible, you know, all of that. So anyway, thank you. I just felt Dave was coming in. So I just wanted to. Uh, thank you. Thank you. That's so beautiful. Because I think you're bringing into that aspect of what you see is, is when you look at at the people and the places and the things, it's all about an integration, bringing everything back to mind. So there is no push away. It's not, uh, sometimes when people hear the teachings, they go, oh, the, this role or that role, oh, that's holding me back or whatever, as if it's a negative thing, but it's actually that the ego invented this world and the ego invented these roles and the mind identifies with them but the Holy Spirit and Jesus cannot destroy what the ego made. They, there is such a love, even for the sleeping Son of God, which Jesus even referred to himself in the Bible sometimes as the Son of Man, uh, meaning the, the, wake, the awakening Son who seems to be part of mankind. He called it the Son of Man. And then the Son of God is, is the Christ, is waking up to the full light of the Christ. And this integration process of healing is not pushing things away as if you identify something. And this is one of the tricks of the ego. You identify something in the crystal ball and you go, that thing has been holding me back. But the belief is in the mind. It's not in the crystal ball. That's, the crystal ball is a projection of time and space. It's just a projection of the thoughts. You think the thought first, then you perceive it. But it's, the ideas leave not their source. So when you really start to integrate, which is what you're describing with Mary Magdalene, is this sense of, oh yeah, I once believed in that, and I believed in that, and I believed in that, and now I'm all of it. I am not inside the crystal ball. I am, I am the light, and I am with the light, and you are the light, and I'm drawing you to the light. But it's, it's the ability to be fully present with whatever the images are, as they're simultaneous. You know, there's no point in us pointing the finger at any image or any story and going, oh, you held me back. Oh no, the projections don't hold us back. It's the beliefs and the thoughts in the mind that are the blocks, those are the obstacles. So it's so beautiful what you're sharing with, you've, with your experiences with Mary Magdalene because that's, there's no push away and there's no pull. You know, even when people think about the community or something, it's like we don't, we don't want you to feel a pull to something in time and space. What we want you to do is appreciate the power of the mind, appreciate the miracle, appreciate the, the softness and the gentleness that you can look upon all the images of the world without making any persons, places, or things special or singling anything out. So if it comes in terms of a guidance, like a helpful symbol that helps loosen the mind up, then it serves its purpose. But, but this is so much about integration. It's about claiming the power of the mind and reclaiming the, the power of the mind and to go to the light because that's the only thing that's necessary is really to come to that recognition 
And as we just heard, to go to the silence with, with a prayer on your heart to God, reveal to me who you are. God, reveal to me the glory. Uh, when that's the prayer of the heart, what can a crystal ball of time and space do? but vanish <laughs> when there's that de devotion to the light. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, well, we've just got three minutes left. Do you feel to take another? Oops. Yeah, I think we'll take one more, uh, one more interaction here, then I'll just kind of wrap it up. Okay, Solvig, I'll go ahead and unmute you. Go ahead, Solvig. Hi. Hi, David. Hi, Solvig. <laughs> Whoa. Um, uh, in a way, I, I love you for being so direct. You just, uh, it's made everything that's going on with me right now. <laughs> Uh, uh, and in the same time, I hate you for it. <laughs> um, I know. <laughs> I know <laughs> I could just feel when you talked about uh, Shiska and Helena and the thing, I was like, you know, competing. Like, no, that, no. It's much worse for me. <laughs> so I can really see that. And then I, I, I got a... <sighs> I got kind of confused about... Yeah, I love the expressions and I really see how it helps me to, you know, to not hide all the things I want to hide. Um, but in the same time, it's so difficult for me to um, to discern between the expression and getting it out and to to go into the story and to you know keep on to the story um, because I can really I see so many things in that crystal ball that I believe in, but to get out of that crystal ball is difficult I think and um um, yeah, I just got blank there. <laughs> so it's yeah. probably not what to say. <laughs> yeah, but it's healing. It's healing. It's so beautiful because that is fantastic. If if you watch the expressions and you and you feel like. Oh my God, if, if David or they knew what I've gone through, you know, that's, that's how the ego works. It always wants to make a greater degree of difficulty and have pride about <laughs> the greater degree of difficulty. Like, whoa, is me. If, oh, well, if they knew what I went through. And, and yet the, the idea that there's no order of difficulty is so glorious. It's the first principle in miracles out of, the, out of 50, the first one. And it's like Jesus put it first because he, was, he knew it would set us free. He knew if we got the faintest glimmering of that, that it was game over for the ego, <laughs> if just you get the first one. 
So thank you, and, and thank you for expressing that, because I think it's healing just to have the tears and just to show up and just to express what you're expressing. It's, it's hugely healing, and it's, you're doing it for us all. We're all on the same team. We're on Team JC, Jesus Central. Uh, JC is passing out our seeming assignments every day, what we can, how we can help, how we can handle, how we can contribute, uh, and how we can free our mind and of believing in the, the crystal ball. So you just had a huge gift, a ripple effect that went out over the whole universe uh, by, by exposing that, how, how you feel. So thank you. We're, we're totally joined, Sylvie. Thank you. And thank you to everyone. I want to blow you a big kiss for hanging in there with me <laughs> on this ride. I'm happy to be direct because isn't that what the title of our, our weekend is? Guidance, the direct path to God. I think it's that. Yeah, they have to tell me. Close enough, they say. Uh, that's, you know, I don't even, I just show up here. I don't even, I'm like, guidance. Oh yeah, that's right, we're doing something on guidance this week. So, but that, this is a, a very direct path to God. And, and we don't have to be afraid of it. We don't have to recoil. So, tomorrow, uh, this afternoon I should say first, we, we have a movie to pray on. And then tomorrow, Francis and I will be back. Um, Slava will have another song for us uh, tomorrow morning and we'll, we'll try to address if you've written in questions um, and we didn't get to you if I didn't get to mention yours then we'll see perhaps tomorrow we can get to that and if you still have uh, more questions uh, that come bubbling after this session today then please write to us and, and we'll do our best to hold it in prayer and to, to bring the light, shine the light on that so thank you so much. We will go into our prayer now to, wow, to come up with a movie for, for this topic. Uh, God help us. <laughs> but we'll see you soon. Take a two-hour break and take a relaxation or a meditation, have some food, and, and I'll see you when I see you, hopefully very, very soon. <laughs>